Welcome to Break Free from Binge Eating with me, Victoria. I'm so happy that you're here. If we haven't met yet, I just want you to know that I get you because I was you. I was stuck in the diet binge cycle and hating my body for over 20 years. I've overcome anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, and I'm a domestic abuse survivor. Now that I'm free and happy from the inside out, I've dedicated my whole life to help other women feel the same. In this podcast, we're going to cover food and body freedom, self-love and personal development. And if you implement what you learn, you will be well on your way to healing your relationship with food and your body so that you can fall in love with yourself and your life. Ready? Let's go. This computer. All right. Oh. Welcome, Alexandra, to this. Well, we're, we're doing all the things. We're going live. We're going to mm. make it into a podcast and a YouTube, and I might even put it on Instagram TV. So, welcome. Wow, lots going on over here. I love it. Um, I would love to just read um, a little bit about Alexandra before I let her formally introduce herself. It's just for a few short sentences. But with me today, I have a very special guest, Alexandra Gold. And Alex is a certified life coach. She's a life strategist and confidence expert, and she helps women all over the world to live their most confident lives through mindset and strategy. So officially welcome, my love, to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like honored that you asked me. Of course, you're so welcome. I have 10 questions I want to fire at you just to get to know you a little bit better and then to get into the groove and then it's all going to be intuitive from there, but I do have questions that I'm going to pop in along the way when you share your story. Yeah, sure. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. You was born ready, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I always say when everyone's like, are you ready? I'm like, I was born ready. Where do you live? So currently I actually live in Teaneck. That's actually a funny question because I'm in Teaneck, New Jersey in the United States. Um, and we're in the midst of actually looking for a home right now. So we've, we have, this home market is ridiculous right now. Mm -hmm. So we put an offer on 10 homes, um, but to no avail. Um, so right now we're currently living with my husband's mother, um, which is nice because I feel like we're keeping her company, but yeah. So we're still in the midst of looking um, and looking in a town called Wyckoff in New Jersey where my sisters um, are living. Wow. The right one will come. I mean, I know you know this. It's just <laughs> divine timing and a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's so funny because I, I tend to be an optimist. And at this point right now, you know, when people are actually putting homes like or they're paying for homes in full blown cash, they're waiving the appraisal. I'm kind of like, huh, I don't know if I'm like the typical optimist that I normally am far as like finally getting that home but you know my husband are like it is what it is like you said it's like it'll happen when it happens I feel you and I know this is going to be 10 quick questions but we're also in the same place we're, we're also looking for a house and oh, okay. um, every every time we see a house and we want to be interested we get the response of the wait list is too big and it's already been sold without people even looking at it and I'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> okay <laughs> It it's ridiculous. Good. It's crazy. You feel like you don't stand a chance at all. And it's like, it's not like you're being pessimistic. You're being realistic about the situation. <laughs> yeah, it will come. It will all come. It will. Maybe we'll move in at the same time. Yes, that would be awesome. All right. Number two, are you married and do you have children? 
Yes, I am married. Um, I am married to Keith Gould and we have twins. Uh, so twins that are actually eight years old, but next week, actually, they're turning nine years old. Uh, so identical twin girls, uh, Juliana and Isabella. Um, and yeah, I met my husband um, way back when, and we've been together since 2011, July 10th. Um, and yep, we're raising our children together and doing our thing. And, oh, and we're happy, happy birthday. We're done. <laughs> Which is happy that? birthday for your girls for next week. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's April 29th. Amazing. So okay, finish my sentence. The world would be a better place if everyone came from the place of love and compassion. Hell yeah. I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. this is a very random one. Oh, if I love you're this in a jungle. <laughs> you're in if a jungle. What? And you come face to face with a rattlesnake. What do you do? run for the hills <laughs> run as fast as i freaking can are you i'm not staying there i don't care if they say that when you move the rattlesnake will get you i will bust my butt as far away and as fast as i can <laughs> i love that so much because i when i wrote this question i was like what would i do and then i was thinking i think i would like try and like stay still and then gradually like shift but then in the moment would you actually or would you just be like f this i'm no. out of here yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. I just wouldn't. I just, it reminds me of when they say, like, if you, you know, are on fire, like, stop, drop, and roll. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Or if I would just, like, flail my arms left and right and, like, bring more oxygen to the fire. So, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know, though. It, like, makes you wonder. Like, maybe in the moment I would freeze up and I just would be, like, a robot of sorts and just not move. But I'd like to believe that I would just, like, run as fast as I could. Great question. Okay, this might be a difficult answer. Your best life memory to date? When the twins were born. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. And I think that there were two parts to that because, you know, I just felt so lucky that we were able to have children and that they were healthy. And I think the reason, you know, that made it even more special was the fact that at 26 weeks, um, I started having contractions and, you know, they thought they might come early and that they could have a host of health problems. Um, and they said, if you could just get to 32 weeks was like the magical number for twins, because apparently the more children you have, whether it's twins, triplets, what have you, um, it, it allows you to like have them earlier when there's more um, so with twins, they said, if you could just get to 32 weeks, that would ensure that like their lungs would be developed and all of these things. And believe it or not, my water broke on the day of 32 weeks. Wow. And I was so happy that it happened then because I was like, wow, I had like peace of mind. And I just was like, felt so lucky when I first saw them in the NICU and they were in one of those, you know, NICU beds. I just was like crying. I was just like so emotional that like they were okay. And that I had like these two beautiful girls. So that was like a really special moment. Wow. I'm not a mom yet. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not sure if it's going to be this lifetime or a different lifetime, but <laughs> I've, everyone I speak to who's a mom, I just, mm -hmm. I want to experience that love that mm -hmm. you say you feel towards your children. Like I can't even imagine love that intense. Yeah, it's crazy, Victoria. First of all, as you said that, I'm just like, I could see you being such an amazing mom because you just have such a good, warm energy. And I feel like, you know, like I said before, it's like all about the love, the compassion, the acceptance. Um, and yeah, it's like, you don't realize until you have children, like you would risk, you know, you would move mountains for them. You would do whatever it took. Um, and also like, you know, their pain becomes your pain. You never want to see them suffering, you know, or in pain. 
So yeah, I mean, it's that unconditional love. That's just amazing. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you have a love-hate relationship with, if anything? Oh, that's a good one. A love-hate relationship. Uh, hmm. You know, I would say maybe at times it could be food. <laughs> yeah, I can feel you on like, that. Right? I know, right? And how funny is that? And maybe I'm just like, you know, my my particular activating system is heightened with you and knowing that there's like a food correlation. But yeah, like I feel like, you know, if I were to look at it over the course of years, I feel like there have been moments where like food, it was like, you know, my weak foods are like, oh God, I hate these foods. I hate these foods. Whereas now I more so come from a place of like, I love these foods. Like I can eat them. Like, So it's like that love hate relationship when you're feeling like not good about yourself, like you hate, whereas like when you're good to go, you're feeling fit, you're feeling like, oh, I deserve this or, you know, what have you. And then it's like more of like a love relationship. And I could definitely love some really good desserts. (laughs) Oh, I'm a, I'm a sugar girl too. Sugar. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My go-to lately, I don't know if you ever do this, but my go-to is like a spoonful of peanut butter with whipped cream on it. I'm like obsessed. I'm going to try that. I'm more of a Nutella kind of gal. Ooh, that's In the midst of my disordered eating, which I'm not celebrating now, but it's quite funny what I used to do. I used to get a big jar of Nutella, stick it in the Mm. microwave, obviously make sure the foil was off the top first because that doesn't go down well. (laughs) You're like electrocuted. Stick it in the microwave and just literally drink it like a hot chocolate. No joke. The whole jar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That (laughs) stuff is so good. You probably like those Ferrero Rocher balls too because those remind me of them. The hazelnut ones. Yeah. So good. Anything with chocolate in and I'm sold. Right. We can let's just talk about food the whole rest of this yeah. conversation. Well, this is my mind, to be honest, because my podcast is Break Free from Binge Eat. And of course, we bring personal development and co- everything's kind of intertwined with all of it. So mm-hmm. but um yeah. top three books that you've read. Ooh, I love it. Um Waken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Wonderful. Um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Um would the third one be you know I like a lot of like Gabby Bernstein and I think it's because it really comes from that place of love and like acceptance and really like harnessing like the lack of resistance and just like letting it be so I'd have to say she and like some of her books I really like and I also liked Renee Brown um but yeah I would say definitely one of the top ones is Awaken the Giant Within because Tony Robbins is just like a plethora of knowledge like he was obsessed with self-development and psychology and really just the statistics and the facts and like the proof. And I'm very much about like, tell me the proof, tell me that it's worked, tell me the results. Um, He's just such a bright individual. So that would be like my top out of all of them. And he's, it's what I love most about Tony is a love that you can literally feel Mm -hmm. from every level is just, wow. You're so right. That's what I, I, I really feel like. And it's funny. I don't know if you ever feel like this, but you almost feel like connected to someone in such a way that you're just like, wow, like you know, he's one of them. It's like, I've never talked with him or anything, you know, but it's, I've gone to many of his events. I've, I've like went to Texas with my husband. Like my husband actually said, yes, believe it or not, which was shocking because he's wow. self-development. <laughs> um, so I was like, you're coming with me to Texas for three-day event I mean granted he like walked out at a certain point was like I I need a little break I'm gonna go to a restaurant because it was like three full days of like Tony Robbins which to me I'm like this is great I love it like like let's make it seven days 
but yeah, so he's, yeah, he's great. And, uh, I totally agree with you. I feel like he just like, I, I feel like there's part of him that like, I see like myself in him, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, and so that's maybe why I feel very like connected and drawn to like him and his message. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. Your favorite movie, if you have a favorite. Ooh, um, I love, oh my gosh, there's like a bunch of them actually. Um, it's, it's always so hard for me when someone asks me my favorite of something, because I never have like a, I mean, I can't say never, but I usually have like a few top ones. So when you said that, what comes to mind is, uh, I love silver linings playlist. Is it playlist or playbook? Did you ever see that movie? Oh my gosh. It's such an amazing movie. Um, it's about like a man that has a bipolar disorder and he ends up meeting a woman and it's like through meeting this woman and falling in love with her, he like changes for the better and becomes this like amazing person, like both physically, mentally, emotionally, and their connection is just so like awesome. It's like, it really, it just encaptures like when you love someone, like you'll just like accept all of them, like, you know, and, and you'll really become like a better person because of them. And it will like motivate you to be a better person. And it's just like that message. I love that. Um, and then also love, actually, I love that movie mm-hmm. holidays. Yeah. Actually when Hugh Grant does a dance, I die that one. <laughs> he's dancing around the house as if no one's watching. And then all of a sudden he turns around and his assistant is like, okay this meeting and he's like okay like super uncomfortable I love that scene can you just tell me the, what was the first movie you said for our listeners and I didn't catch it either yeah I, it's silver linings playlist okay I'm gonna check that out thank you for that. such a good movie you have to see it yeah I really it. I mean but yeah try it out well what's your favorite season of the year and also by the way Bradley Cooper is in that movie do you know Bradley Cooper I've definitely heard of him I'm not I, I'll know him when I see him, but I'm not very good at putting names to places. But then when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's him. Yeah. You will hands down know him when you see him. He's like all around, like just such like a, he seems like he's such a good person, but he's really funny too. I saw him on an interview one time with um, Jimmy Fallon Mm -hmm. and the two of them together were dying laughing. And it just seemed like the kind of person you want to spend the day with, like just having fun, laughing, being silly. Like it was, it was funny. Oh, I'll check that out for sure. I, I know I'll know in the second I see him, but it's yeah, my brain's totally. like Lincoln. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, your favorite season of the year. Um, you know what's interesting is that it used to be summertime because I love being out and you know wearing like not coats and all sorts of stuff. The second the weather like gets warmer, I'm like, take off the coat, take off all this stuff, like the hat. Like I just like I like being like free more so. Um, it used to be the summer and I still love the summer and I love like, you know, the beach and just getting outside, but the fall has really turned into one of my favorites as well. I'm really just drawn to it. And like the smell, the candles, the apple picking, like there's, and, and that's, you know, when I start doing like a lot of my teaching too. So that like, you know, I think I just like correlate going back and doing that too, as like fall. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would have to say it would be a top between, see, there's going to be a theme here, Victoria. It's going to be when you ask me a favorite, I can't pick <laughs> two of them. Um, if I had to choose, I would probably say summer. Hmm. It's really hot here. Like I'm literally in a summer dress and I've just been sat in the garden and I'm in the Netherlands. It's about, um, 17 degrees centigrade, which is pretty okay. nice. Yeah. Well, you guys do Fahrenheit, right? That's like around probably like 70 degrees maybe here. Um, you, know, it's, you know, it's so funny. You know me with my math. So I'm thinking of- Me too. 
plate, right? Nine fifth times what you just said. So I think, okay, two times, you said it's what degrees? About 17. 17, so I'm thinking 34. Like, yeah, maybe like 70, I'm thinking, or yeah. It's pleasant, it's, it's just yes. pleasant, so. But, and that's what it's supposed to be today. It's supposed to be 68 degrees, but believe it or not, on Wednesday, it's supposed to be 84 degrees, which wow. is like full-blown tank top shorts and like call it a day. Wow, isn't the weather so random lately, honestly? It really is. It was just 48 degrees like a couple of days ago and now it's going to be 84 degrees. Yeah, it's crazy. The world's going crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Totally. <laughs> and last question. I'm so honored that you are here, but why did you say yes to coming and sharing your message? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I said yes, because I just like loved you when I had you on my live and I was like, oh, I love energy. I want to say yes to her. Like, you know, I also want to reciprocate because, you know, you are on mine. I want to be on yours. But really, whenever I say yes to a podcast, it's or just a live or whatever, it's really just, you know, to give value to value to whoever's going to be listening. You know, you never know who's going to chime in or watch something that it could change their life or something that might just like strike, you know, something for someone and help them. So, you know, whenever I go on anything like this, it's really just to like give value or maybe something to someone that might be listening that could help them or change like the trajectory of their life. Mm, I love that. And that brings me nicely on to one. You've said so many wise, valuable things because we've done a few things together already. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you said really, really, really stuck out to me. And even though I kind of knew it intellectually, it kind of changed me on an inside level. So I've not shared this with you. So what you said during one of our conversations, you said, mm -hmm. I have a facial deformity, but why is that mm -hmm. going to live in my life? And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so like on a deep level, that was just so inspiring to me. So yeah. thank you for being here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, honestly, Victoria, like that's like, that's like a major reason of what I do and like why I do it is because I never want people to feel like, you know, when you have a condition, whether it's a learning disability that you can't see, or whether it's like a facial condition, or maybe, you know, you feel like you're super overweight and you're not happy in your skin or whatever it might be, you know, you're, lo you lose a leg or, or maybe in a dysfunctional family and you feel like, you know, that defines who I am. It's like, you've suffered enough. It's like, why suffer anymore? Like it's a choice in how we respond to things. Like it really, you know, I think so many people feel like if I have this condition then it needs to mean that like, I need to be lacking the confidence and I need to be quiet. Like I had someone ask me one time, like, God, how are you so confident with a facial deformity? And I thought to myself, wow, like, you know, what's so interesting is my reaction to that was like, I felt like empowered. I was like, wow, I love the fact that like, she, first of all, feels like this situation needs to end in this. So mm -hmm. like deformity needs to be me lacking confidence, me feeling not enough, me feeling not pretty, me allowing it to like affect me and, and me to suffer even more than I already have. And I thought, wow, you know, it, it was like, you know, where some people would have been offended. I actually like it, it made me feel good because I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I made the decision that like, this isn't going to affect me. Like I'm still going to be myself. I'm still going to be like who I am. Like I did a post about that. It's like when I look in the mirror sometimes, like it, it, for whatever reason, I don't even know why it is. Maybe, you know, but it's like, it actually like makes my face look a little bit more even like different and I'm used to it. But I noticed that when I look in the mirror that it's like for a long time, it was like very uncomfortable for me. Like I'd come out stall, I'd go to wash my hands. And then like, I'd be like quickly hurrying to like dry my hands off so that like someone wouldn't see me in the mirror. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, 
you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I'm just going to stay there, wash my hands, take my time. Like I deserve to do that just like anyone else does. Like I shouldn't change even more and be suffering even more than I already have. And like, at first it was uncomfortable like to do that, but I feel like over time now it doesn't even phase me. And, and you know what, honestly, I look at it more so as like, you know what, like if someone does choose to stare at me and like to the point where it's really staring, like then it's more on them. It's like, oh, I would never do that to someone. Like if I mean the second, and my daughters are like that too. It's like the second that we see someone that has something different, like they're not staring. It's like they look and they quickly look away. It's like, you could tell a lot about a person with like, if they stare or if they look at you and smile, or if they look at you and just look away as if you're like a regular person, it's like, you learn a lot about people. And I've learned a lot about people just having this condition. It's like, you really could spot out like who's a good person and who will like take the time to get to know you as opposed to people that really are just very surface fake, like, you know, vain and really don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Wow. That is so inspiring. And it brings me back to a conversation I had with my coach the other day. She was talking about a ladder the ladder of like society, the ladder of patriarchy. And, mm. you know, they've created the ladder for us to climb up. And of course, at the top of the ladder, you've got white, slim, able-bodied, pretty people and all mm. these things. And then what most of us spend our lives doing, most of us, not all of us, thank God, I've mm. got off the ladder. Although I thought, I think I was hanging on still a little bit. You don't realize mm. what you're doing. And then yeah. we keep trying to climb this ladder. But the whole point of the ladder is that the, the ladder's like a triangle. So as you get close to the top, it gets narrower because that's the whole point. It's really hard to be at the top. But of course, the whole point in climbing the ladder is because you spend money trying to get there. And mm -hmm. we have to, we think that we have to be a certain way, look a certain way, earn a certain amount of money, be married by this age, have babies by this age. Like, And we spend so much of our energy trying to get to the top of this ladder when if we just get off the damn ladder... <laughs> Right. You're so right. It's like we have these societal expectations of ourselves, like these like internal expectations of who we need to be to gain the worth, to gain the happiness, to gain the confidence. Like, oh, once I lose the weight, then I'll be confident. Then I'll then I'll finally accept myself. And it's like, no, it's like confidence, like self-esteem is like accepting all of you. It's like just like you would a friend. It's like, you know, if a friend gains some weight, you wouldn't be like, ooh, now you're good enough. Like you've gained some weight or, Oh, you don't have that job. You're just not good enough. It's like, no, you see the person for all they are. And then even taking it a step further, it's like those little like quirks about them, like the negative, like the quote unquote negative things, you actually embrace them because you're like, this is who you are. Like one of my friends actually was funny this morning. She lives in Barcelona. She just texted me and she's, we were talking and she said, yeah, you know, like, you know, she's kind of like an airhead. Like I am, like she said that. And it's so true because she could be a little bit like, you know, airheady or whatever, but it's funny in that moment. I'm like, yeah, but I love that about her because that's what makes her, her. It's like, you know, accepting every part of you and not waiting for something to change to then finally say, now I love myself. Now I accept myself. It's like, no, like, you know, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Like it's, you know, whether it's the outer shell, the inner, whatever it might be, it's like, that's where like the true confidence lies and like accepting every part of you and loving yourself despite the weaknesses or what you deem to be like, not good enough. Oh, that you've answered my second question, which was what <laughs> confidence mean to you. And mm -hmm. that was such a powerful answer. And I 100% I believe that. And also talking about body image specifically, mm -hmm. you know, like when we tend to look in the mirror, we usually kind of stand the same way. We look at, at 
we look at ourselves in the way we always have done we mm. don't if someone looks in the mirror and doesn't think they're pretty they don't see themselves laughing and smiling and mm. making a joke and just being alive in life with other people and interacting with other people they we don't see that about ourselves so no. just one snapshot of you standing looking in the mirror trying to pick apart your appearance mm -hmm. it's you know it's not even as one percent of who you are yeah it's so true and it's like you know times and I was just saying this in a live it's like you know you meet someone and it's like you know like I've met like men before that I'm like oh they're so good looking like they're so attractive you know and like that's what initially like you know obviously maybe draws you to someone a little bit more like you might see and like oh wow like they have a nice smile but then you end up getting to know them and like they're just not a good person or maybe they're just like not like those inner qualities and like as you get to know them they become less attractive to you on the outside as opposed to like those people that you meet that you're like wow like this man is like driven this man is motivated this is a good person like now you're really attractive to me you know it's like it's like that outer shell it's like sure that might like bring you to someone but like it will never keep you there it's really the internal that's like the most important it's like at the end of the day when looks are gone and they fade and you're like 80 years old like what's gonna matter it's gonna be what's on the inside like that's how you're gonna connect with someone oh yeah and it's all about the persona the energy the like you're saying it's every it's everything about them it's the way they hold themselves the way they mm. make you feel the, it's everything it's not just about and i totally get like we can all look at other people women and men and think they're beautiful or you know mm. he's so good looking his body's insane but it stops there it's it doesn't matter mm -hmm. i would much rather i mean i'm very biased because my fiance i believe i think he's personally gorgeous but uh -huh. it, you don't see that anymore mm -hmm. You see him as a person and how mm -hmm. you know, we live together. It's so much more than that. And if only like the women I work with, and of course, when they finish working with me, they do see this. But when the amount of women I speak to that are in so much pain internally because, you know, they think people perceive them the way they perceive themselves. Mm. And that is not the case because, you know, whatever we judge within ourselves, we automatically decide all the people are judging that about us too. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. So when we change the perception of ourselves, like your whole external world changes, isn't it mm -hmm. amazing? Like the inner work that we do. Yes. Everything changes and you just mm -hmm. become like free so true it's like it's so true um i think it was oh oh another book that i would add to the repertoire would be atomic habits by james clear yeah. I, did you read that one? Oh my gosh i love that one but it really is as far as like who we identify as is so important and key to like changing like our outside world if like we tell ourselves not good enough like we're going to see it all around us like all of the social proof um and i think that what you're saying is so important it's like you know uh, even in my journey, I feel like, and you know, my journey that's still continuing and will continue until the day I die. It's like, you know, I feel like so much of the confidence piece, like people used to look at me and say, she's confident. Like, you know, I was talking with one of my friends the other day and we were talking about confidence. He's like, you've always been a confident person. And I'm like, God, that's such an interesting, like I've, I've always been like an outwardly pretty confident person like you know talkative like you know i love like conversation um like you know pretty confident but on the inside there were a lot of like you know low self-esteem struggles of not being good enough mm -hmm.
And it's interesting because we look at people and we think they're confident. And it's like, we have no idea like what's going on on the inside. Just like we look at people that are happy and smiling. And I look at lot like periods of time in my life where I looked like I was happy. I was actually probably smiling even more. Like, look at me smiling. I'm not miserable right now. I'm not unhappy. I'm not like, you know, waking up and feeling like I don't want the day to even begin. Like you would never know. And it's like, we never know what anyone is feeling about themselves as far as confidence. Um, but I think that through my own journey of building that confidence, like I've realized like, and when I told you that before, where I said that, you know, confidence is really accepting all of you. It's because I saw that in myself. Like I saw that I was what people thought as confident, but it really wasn't until I could look at myself in the mirror and be happy with who I was. Like, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It, rem- it matters what you think. And I think that so much of confidence is also centered around like what you value. It's like, if I'm valuing like, you know, not drinking and I'm drinking left and right, like I'm going to feel shitty about myself. Excuse my language. You might have to edit that out. No, 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 no. We don't edit on this. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, so I apologize if, you, if you're not editing and I just said a bad word. Oh, no, no, uh, no, no, I swear all the time. It's all good. Oh, okay. All good. Um, so yeah, it's like, you know, if I'm valuing like deep, meaningful relationships, but I'm not making time for my friends and family and I'm not there for them when they're calling me, or if I value being healthy in, in whatever healthy might mean to me, and I'm not aligning my behaviors and actions with that, that's going to make us feel really crummy. And so that's like a huge go-to with like my clients is like, what do you value? Like, let's talk about that because what you and I value are two completely different things. Like you might value being at home and spending time with like your husband. Whereas like for me, I value that, but I also value like like adventures, exploring, doing other things. So it's like what works for me might not work for someone else. Mm -hmm finding out what we value, but then aligning our behaviors and our actions with those very values. So in the mirror, we can say, you know what, this is important to me and I'm important enough that I'm going to keep the promise to myself to do what I think is important. And so it's like, and it's really about like those promises to yourself. It's like, you know, when someone says, oh, I'm going to go out with you to the gym and then they constantly cancel on you. Like, to feel about them. You're not going to trust them. You're not going to feel like they're a good friend. And so just the same on ourselves. It's like, if we value something, it's important to us. And time and time again, we're not showing that to ourselves. We're not going to trust ourselves. We're not going to feel good about ourselves, just like we wouldn't a friend. It's like the same type of feeling. So it's so important to actually do what you value, whether it's growing, learning, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, Like even being on a podcast, like my first podcast, I was super nervous, but I said yes, because I knew like it's in line with what I want to be. It's in line with what I want to do. It's in line with what I want to give to other people. I want to inspire others. Like who would I be? How would I feel about myself if I said no? You know? Well, I I literally feel like this is like a mic drop. Like (laughs) everything she's just said, just like sink in a minute. Like I'm just literally, I can't nod anymore. I'm like, hell yes, hell yes. Oh, yes. And I want to add on from values, like before I started personal development and anyone watching, if you don't know what your values are, find them because no Mm -hmm. matter what, if you don't know what your values are, you have values, whether you know or not. So Mm -hmm. if you're living out of alignment with them, you're going to feel shit or crummy, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to use. Yeah. How important is it to, to, you know, to get conscious of what your values are? Mm -hmm. And you know what, actually, Victoria, a really good um, exercise that I actually learned from a very good life coach in my uh, town that, you know, because you said, like, as far as your values, sometimes if you ask that, like, if I were to ask that to a client, what are your values? It's like, 
let me think about that. A really good exercise that he told me was think about people, three people that you look up to. So three people, obviously you value them. Well, what do you value about them? And mm. characteristics. And then those are your values. Those are the things that you value. So like, oh, I value the fact that this person is a really good person and they are integrity. Like I value that. So then what do I need to do and behave and align with? I need to tell the truth. I need to be true to myself. Like, so it's like something that sounds so basic and simple, but at the end of the day, that's how you could find your values, align your behaviors, and then feel comfortable and confident in your actions. Wow. Yeah. What a great tip. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I remember doing a values um, assessment. I do them all the time because I like kind of little quizzes as well. You can do them online. Right. And oh, yes. I love those. And you're like, oh, no, I've got to choose now between spirituality and love. Like, is this a joke? <laughs> Which one did you choose? <laughs> I chose spirituality because that is love. Yo, I love that. That is love. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> That's so funny that you're saying that because I was actually just reading something about like people that are connected like spiritually and it was just so interesting. And one of the things, and that's so funny that you're saying this, I always feel like things are like full circle, but um, one of the characteristics of like a full blown, like spiritual connection with someone was exactly that. It's like, you love them so much that like you're willing to do whatever, like you're willing to forgo like yourself like to make them feel happy or do things for them, you know, and that's like a true sign of like a spiritual connection. So mm -hmm. that's it. Cause we all are, I believe every single one of us is love in our purest mm -hmm. form. We are mm -hmm. all love. So then what is spirituality? It is love. So to me, it's the same thing. Yeah. But you brought up the word integrity. I want to share something that um, I was in a group coaching by Sophia LePage. She's amazing. She's like a feminine embodiment coach. And okay. she, we talked about the word integrity and integrity of the masculine and integrity of the feminine are two different things. So I want to know your views on this. So mm -hmm. integrity with the masculine is, for example, say if I had this meeting with you today and my integrity would be to keep the meeting, of course, but then mm -hmm. in our feminine, if for instance, I was on my bleed and I was feeling like I wanted to come inwards, do I keep the integrity to myself as a woman and actually reschedule the meeting or mm. do I keep integrity from the masculine energy and show up anyway? Oh, I love that. Mm. That comes to mind is like permission. Like as women, I think that we are so used to being the nurturers and the doing, doing, doing at the expense of ourselves and putting ourselves on the back burner. So like what comes to mind is, well, first of all, the fact that, you know, men and women are just hardwired differently. Like we're just different human beings. And I think that the more that people realize that you don't have that resistance in a relationship, in a marriage, it's like you accept the person for who they are like you're a man like you're just wired different you know and so this just brings it all home it's like integrity alone it's like we're gonna react differently feelings like you know men might like get confused with their feelings or men might you know it's hard for them to process them as opposed to women like you know we are very in touch with our feelings and you know most of us um on the whole so yeah i could definitely see that but what comes to mind is like the permission like i think that for so many people and clients and just people that i'm around and my sisters like it's the permission that you give yourself because you know 
that it's good for you. So like you said, it's like, you know, if you know that like, this is going to be good for you to go inwards, to take time to yourself, it's good for your being, then it's like, say yes to yourself. And it's like, I just was saying this, it's like the yes versus the no. It's like, we're so freely as women and giving yeses out. Yes, yes, yes. Without even thinking about it and like allowing ourselves to like give ourselves a break um, at the expense of our sanity. And so to be so free of our yeses, it just doesn't free up the time that we need to like follow our dreams, our passions and what have you I think so many women are like god I'm already doing so much how am I going to be able to do even more and it's like if you actually clean up your life a little bit and you start saying no more you will free up that time like is it is it depleting of your energy are you walking away from people and you're feeling just like low mood like you know low energy or is it lighting you up like it's as simple as like making a list like what lights you up like you know that's something that I love to ask like what lights you up what makes you smile what energizes you what it like do you feel passionate and meaningful about like do more of that it's as simple as like do more of that do less of this and like you know but in so many words and in, in response to your your question I hands down would, you know, agree with that. It's like men and women are just built differently. So I totally get that. And it's funny because as you're talking about like, okay, men's response is just like, okay, I have this meeting. Okay. Don't cancel it. It's just like more basic. Right. And I think that that's kind of like verbalizing things too. I think that men be a lot more literal as opposed to women when we're saying things, it's like they could, we could perceive them, translate them in different ways, as opposed to like, if we say it to a man, it's just like, okay, that's very literal, like more basic here, straightforward which I think like men tend to be a little bit more of as opposed to a woman that's like oh well this appointment here and like these are my needs and like let if I go into my true being like what would I give permission so it's just interesting it's very similar to feelings it's like feelings are hard to process for men I'm confused with these feelings whatever whereas women are just like let's all the feelings let's talk about our feelings so we're just built differently so I could definitely agree with that yeah, I love, I used to be scared of my emotions, but I've learned over the years that our emotions are our power as women. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to deliver them in a way that we that we feel is appropriate, you know, to whatever circumstance we're in, but mm-hmm. we must feel them and we must express them. You know, gone, gone are the days where my partner will say, what's wrong? And I'll, there's clearly something wrong. And I'll go, well, nothing. And then he laughs me like four <laughs> times nothing and then he stops asking and then you go off in in like a mod for like an hour thinking well it's obvious it's like, yeah I, right yeah. oh my that. gosh or it's like nothing nothing because we want them to care enough to constantly guess <laughs> until finally like after the 10th time we're like all right well you cared enough to keep on asking me so i'm gonna tell you now <laughs> right it's like we just want to feel like they care and like yeah Oh, it's so true. And I I love what you said. And I want to share something that happened today, actually, about you saying yes to yourself. I had one of my clients reach out to me in in my group coaching and she said, "Um, does anyone struggle with things now? Because she's in the UK and England's opening up a little bit more. Um, And so she said, I'm feeling anxious about going out and starting to do things. So how do I know whether that's like, something to lean into or something Mm. to say no to so I said okay so in my opinion as human beings we act from either love or fear that's Mm -hmm. it so when you're tuning in are you not wanting to go to the place because you honestly don't want to be around the people you just don't want to say no because you feel bad or 
-hmm. Are you only saying no because you're anxious about what people will think of you? So in my opinion, if it's the fear, anxious of what people will think of you, mm -hmm. then I encourage her to lean into that because that's where you can build, get outside your comfort zone, take action. Mm -hmm. But then if it was the, 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 the first option, whereas I'm actually not really wanting to, I just feel bad saying no, or I don't mm -hmm. like the people, then that's to, the, the time to say no. So it's mm -hmm. all about connecting within, isn't it? Only you know the true answer. If right. From love or fear. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's like, you know, like if the anxiety wasn't here, would you want to go or not? Like it's a simple, you know, it's like what if this anxiety wasn't here, would you enjoy yourself? Would you like feel like this is something you'd want to do? Or like you said, like, do you just want to be at home doing your own thing? So yeah, I mean, what really just I'm thinking is like you just have to be true to yourself. It's like you have to be true to what you want. Mm -hmm. People's expectations of you, societal expectations, they don't need to become like who you are. It's like, you know, I was talking with someone that had reached out to me and I just like, it pained me because she was saying that her, her parents want her to be with someone and she wants to be with someone else. And like, she's really in love with them. And I thought to myself, wow, like, you know, the fact that there are people that like want to be with someone and they're like in love with someone and they're not because of other people's expectations mm -hmm. of them and that she might live her one and only life with someone that like she yeah maybe likes them but like not with someone that like she really wants to spend the rest of her life with it's just like it's so sad you know like those expectations like really could just affect someone's life for the worst, like for the rest of their lives. And then it's like, you know, everything's said and done. Like when you think about it, it's like you live life one time. We're so concerned with like people not liking us with being judged and like all of these extra things that like, it just strips us away from like the life that we could be living. And so like when you're talking about like the love and like um, I forget what the word was that you used, but like the love, like when you, like before it gets like tainted or before life gets in the way, it's like, yeah, we're like all born like that. And then like slowly, but surely, like we turn into these people that are like guarded or I have to do this this way and, da, da, da. and it's like, just freaking be free. Yes. Isn't it funny how, like, you know, when we're born, we're born with unconditional love for ourselves and everything else we're born with unwavering confidence like we walk in I mean obviously walking into the middle of the road our parents have got to show us those kind of things <laughs> right. and then then we unlearn all of that as we go through life because we have um, we get taught not to put your hand up when you want to speak mm -hmm. or not to speak out sorry you've got to put your hand up or make sure you dress appropriately because x y and then when we get to the stage of life where we're at where we're doing the personal development we go back to the state we was when we were first born <laughs> Yeah, right. You're so right. Oh my God. I love that. That is like, that's so true. Right. It's like yeah. all about this self-development and what works. And it's like, I just always imagine like a child skiing. That's like the best way of looking at it. It's like, you look at a child skiing and they're just like going down that hill at like mock speed, whatever, not a fear in the world. Like I'm just living my life. Like you live your life around me because I'm doing my thing and you're just going to like march to the beat of my own drum. And it's like, 
And then, yeah, like then life gets in the way, but then you do self-development, you work on yourself. And then all of a sudden you're like back to where you were. It's like, Hey, I deserve this. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to this. Cause this is great for me. I'm going to surround myself with awesome people. And I don't need to have these other people around. Why? Like if they're not making me feel good about myself, I can move on from them. It's all good. And yeah, it's like, you learn what works for you and what doesn't. And as you get older, you're like, life is short. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to like do more of the things that make me smile and my heart smile and like less of the things that I should be doing. Yes, that word should. I remove it from my own vocabulary and that of my clients. And I still catch myself sometimes, but I invite the client to say, instead of saying, oh, I really should do this or I should have done that. How about you could or you get to? I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Yes. Totally. And I, I've said that too. Yes. And it's funny because Tony Robbins, I don't know if you remember, he actually says exactly that people should this, should this, and they should all over themselves instead of like SHIT all over themselves. And it's so true. It's like, you just, I should do this. And it's like, no, I could have done that, but I just decided not to. It's like the heaviness and the burden of the should work. Why? Why it, should I yeah. that 50th plan? It comes back to, and I remember I called it the dark night of the soul. Like I'm sure you've been through a similar thing. And when I first started personal development, I remember Val to my fiance saying to me, he wasn't my fiance at the time. He said to me, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, um, honestly, no matter how much I dug deep, thought about it, I was literally like, I don't know. And the, the feeling of not knowing why I was here was the worst feeling in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And the only reason, I don't know where I was even going with this, but the only reason I got through that was just to like follow the little bit of the breadcrumb that was in front of me, which was like, listen to this podcast. And then mm -hmm. this podcast was like having a guest on the Model Health Show. Oh, mm -hmm. we've got this um, coach certification around food and spirituality. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. Then you follow you follow the, the signs, but mm -hmm. when, yeah, when he first said to me, like, what do you want to do? And I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Because you probably felt like I should know. And so that made you feel like what we were talking about, like should, like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I should know. And it's like, I don't. So now I feel like a big fat failure because I should know and I don't know, right? me of here in America. You have like four years college. The first two years are liberal arts where it's just like a smorgasbord of all different subject matter. And then you choose your, your, like what you want to do. And it's like, for me, like I always knew I wanted to be a teacher ever since I was like, I don't know, like four or six or whatever it was. Um, so that was something that I knew I'm going to like, you know, school for education, but I did have people that like, I actually went to school with and they were very hard on themselves too, because they were like, I should know, like I should be decide what my major is I don't know and they put a lot of pressure on themselves like you're saying yeah that was it it came back to me what I was wanting to I don't know why I started with there but it was all meant to be it's mm -hmm. about taking the power back for yourself like I was kind of waiting for like a, not literally but a man in a white horse to like come and save me and <laughs> give me the life I've always wanted and make me feel happy and then when I was like doing all this inner work and I was like shit the only way I can be happy is if I make myself happy first yeah I was like wow okay this is really scary because I feel extremely lonely and lost right now mm -hmm. but then when you get over that in all that pain of like my whole life's been a lie all these limiting beliefs are here is that even true and mm -hmm. then you believe and realize that 
everything starts with self and we have the power individually to do whatever we want then it goes from feeling lost to liberation and empowered Mm -hmm. af and just like Mm -hmm. hell yes yeah i love that definitely yeah you're so right it's like once you make that decision and you know that like it's possible and you could change it like becomes like at that moment it's like how exciting like you're like almost inspiring yourself of like what could happen like the possibilities are endless of who i could be as a person how i could feel what thoughts i'm going to like actually like decide to buy into as opposed to the ones that i'm going to be like screw you you're trying to keep myself myself like you know safe or whatever your brain it's like no you have a choice all the time like how you react to things what thoughts you buy into the people you surround yourself with it's like the possibilities are endless of who you could be. It's just really a matter of like how you're going to do that and like what you're going to choose to believe, what you're choose to do, what you're going to choose to engage in. That's it. And what what would your, I know you gave us so many tips already, but if you had to choose three tips mm-hmm. for someone that was wanting to better their self-confidence, but doesn't kind of mm-hmm. know where to start, what would your top ones, top three, oh, what would they be? Great question. Great question. Um, you know, I always say that, you know, it's really the inner work that really is the most important because I think that, and we know, I think we might've spoken about this on our live, but it's really, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves, the experiences that we've had, things have been ingrained in our mind for years upon years. Someone tells us that we're not smart when we are six years old, we gain all the social proof, all of the evidence throughout the course of years upon years, ingraining that in our mind, in our brain, in our soul, that we're not smart enough. And it becomes a belief. So really, uh, you know, I like just, just getting to that area, that period of time, whenever that happened and really like diving deep into that and doing the inner work is so important. Like, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? Where does this come from? You know, just even gaining insight into that small piece of like, where did this start off? It's like, Ooh, let me point that out. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it gives it less power and more awareness. Um, so I feel like the inner work is so important, but I would say that my top are the one that I told you before. So like what you value, so important. It's like you lead with your values, uh, you circle around strengths and you embrace those. So, you know, they say that as far as if you want someone to build confidence, don't try to bring the weaknesses up, work on the strengths, mm-hmm. like miss the strengths. Um, so it would be to align with your values, with your behaviors and your actions hands down, get out of your comfort zone would be my second. And then third, um, you know, I would say, and, and really with that second one, it's like, just get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable time and time again, and like fail forward, like look at failure as a, a lesson opportunity. Um, and not like, you know, I'm a failure, but more so like a learning lesson. Um, and then third, I would probably say, um, really just like who, who you surround yourself with. Like, it's like surround yourself with people. And I, I firmly believe, and I was always so curious as to, you know, why did I have this facial deformity? And, you know, I went through, you know, 12, tw- at least 12 surgeries. I've lost count now. It might've even been 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so many surgeries. And it's like, you know, and, you know, periods of time in your life where you don't want to be going through something like that. Like, you know, when I would have a surgery, they would put more in more fat. And so it's like, imagine like walking around with that when you're a teenager and like having to deal with that or like people saying like what's wrong with her face mommy because you know children will say things um or even teaching elementary like I would walk into a classroom and the kids would be staring it's like you know you learn real fast how to get out of your comfort zone because you're doing it every day you have no choice right but I thought to myself like why did I end up 
like not like the kind of person that let it dictate their lives. Like why? And I researched, I was so interested. I'm always very like, almost like obsessed with psychology. Like I'm very passionate about it and just like learning why people are the way that they are. Like, why wasn't I the person in my support group for this condition that like has let it really dictate their lives. And one of the things was who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. It's like, constantly growing up was surrounded by friends that like never made me feel like they saw the outside. It was always the inside. And they like valued me and loved me for who I was just like my parents. They never made it a thing. It was as if it didn't even exist. It was like, I had that underlying acceptance and love like all around me all the time. And also my father was just, and you know, I, I got a lot from my father, but a very positive person. Like, it's just, you know, just be yourself. Like, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, everything's going to work out okay and I get a lot of that from him but it, I really firmly believe confidence is like choosing the people that are right for you that love you for all of you because it's just a constant reminder when you're around them that like I'm good enough like you know I have these quirks I could be an airhead I could be this but like they love me regardless and like it's just more social proof that like I'm lovable I'm awesome like and and really I could be authentic I could be vulnerable I could tell them the things that I don't like about myself and they're gonna be like okay no big deal like, you know, you did this like stupid behavior last night. No big deal. I still love you. Like when you're surrounded by that all the time and not that's like, oh God, like you did that. Like how different, you know, to be surrounded by the people that like just constantly love you and have your back. It's like, you know, that's huge, I think. Oh, and I don't think you're awesome. I know you're awesome. I'm amazing. <laughs> um, oh my God. So you're so cute. So inspiring. Thanks. Have you read the book, More Than a Body, by the two twins, like Lexi and, I should know the names. I'm sorry, I'm not quoting this. I will. Wow. It's, it's a, I recommend every single person listening to this right now, listening to it back, whatever, read this book. It's called More Than a Body. Okay. And it basically talks about, how a bit like the ladder, she doesn't use the word the ladder of like society, but about how we all feel like we need to look and be a certain way. And mm. even, I mean, I even address you as beautiful, which is a compliment, mm. but then actually if beauty can build us up, it can also tear us down. So like my challenge to the listeners today is to give a woman in your life a compliment that has nothing to do with how they look. Mm -hmm. even though it's so ingrained in us to say oh you look nice or have you lost weight yes. that's the most famous one isn't it yeah <laughs> honestly totally. my mum said that to me I'm like that means I'm freaking out thinking was I fat before then oh my gosh that's so funny, <laughs> that's so funny right you're like what was I before yeah. yeah so it's about seeing each other for more mm -hmm. than more than a body because as this conversation's been we're a lot more than just our physical appearance mm -hmm. like the, the the impact you have Alexandra on the world today if you had stayed small and felt mm -hmm. sorry for yourself and been like why me you've thought this has been a gift to me and I'm gonna go out and live my life and inspire others and I feel emotional like trying to get my words out but I just want to say like you are the biggest inspiration I just I don't know you properly mm. but I love you to death oh thank so you grateful for you being here so I'd love for you to share how people can connect with you and work with you and all the things you're so cute you're gonna make me cry <laughs> first I just want to 
say I love you dearly too. It's like, it's amazing how you meet people and you just connect with them and you just get like such a good energy and a vibe from them. And I can tell the second I started talking with you, like, you're just such a good person. And, you know, it's like so cute. Like I always just like see like a little girl in you, like, but like you just like are smiling and just vibrant. I love that. And just like a lot of love. So just wanted to say that too, but um, yeah, I think that the, the best way to find me is just, it's easy coaching with Alexandra. My name's Alexandra. So you can find me on Instagram there and through there you can find my profile and it's the same on Facebook too. So it's super simple coaching with Alexandra. Um, and then through there, you can connect with me or what have you, if anyone wanted to, or just follow. Amazing. You are incredible. Thank you so mm. much. And it's yes. just the morning for you where you are. So have yeah. the best day. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we made this happen. This is so, I love it. It's just like nice to have people asking me questions too. And like, just talk, you know, I'm usually on the other end. So, and a great conversation. So thank you. All right. Beautiful. So I said it again, but you are beautiful. So I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and anyone who have any questions, please pop them on the live. That's going to be shared on my Facebook and me and Alexander will get back to you. And I wish you all an amazing day as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. I would love to ask you a little favor that will literally take you probably one minute. Can you do that for me? <laughs> okay. It is to rate and review this podcast. And the reason I'm asking you is because if you do this for me, it will enable me to reach more women so I can help them and spread the message around the world of self-love, food and body freedom, which is much needed. So again, thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, by the way, please screenshot it and tag me on social media on Instagram at Victoria Kleinsman and on Facebook, it's Victoria Kleinsman. Okay, have an amazing day. Sending you lots of love.